I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So we're going to talk today about prayer for the salvation of family and friends. And I love the subject, and I also love the fact that I, I shared with you earlier uh, that I, I, I've had been in the ministry 38-ish years, and I've never had an assignment that God has given to me that has been so easy. Generally, I get hit with warfare. I get hit with all kinds of things that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy and hinder the work of God like that's his ministry. But with this particular assignment, there has been such a grace to teach this teaching, such an anointing to teach this word, that it's, it's almost like I'm covered with an umbrella of protection. Notwithstanding, I do have a person who is my intercessor. She stands in the gap. She puts up the hedge. She prays for me. My, my team put praise for me. You know, our staff, we are a unit. We work together. So I've learned that it takes all of us to get the job done. And I'm very thankful that for me... Doing this assignment, it's been so easy. So I just want to encourage you in, in this particular subject, prayer for the salvation of your family and friends. This is one message that the enemy does not want you and your friends to hear. Because, you know, if one person gets saved, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices. God is very interested in getting everyone saved and everyone coming to the knowledge of the truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loves that one individual in your sphere of influence so much that if he had to, he would have sent Jesus Christ for just that one person. So this is a very important message. This is why Jesus came. He came to seek and save those that are lost. He came to the earth as an intercessor and he had his eyes on every one of your family and friends who are not saved. And it's very important that we follow the Holy Spirit and in witnessing to them. The Bible says, how will they hear without a preacher? And it's important that we preach to them and teach to them. But what, what about the other scripture that says, he that wins souls is wise. I think there's a time to speak and a time to stay silent. I think it's very important that we follow the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and what we share to the unbeliever. But I have news for you. It's always time to pray. There may be a time in a season for them to hear the gospel, but it's always time time to pray for our unsaved family and friends and we can do a work for them in the spirit that will help prepare and pave the way for a laborer coming into their path now you may not see the fruit of your prayers but we've said this before and i just keep getting it over and over again the bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much your prayers work they are going to cause your unsaved family and friends to come to the knowledge of the truth. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. 
We've said this before. I'll say it again because it's coming up out of my spirit. We have not because we ask not. And that's what the devil is afraid of. He is afraid of you and I as believers. Those of us who know who we are in Christ, he is afraid of us rising up and taking our place in the place of prayer and being the watchmen that have been set on the walls, specifically in your sphere of influence. You know, the, um, the Bible says in Acts 1.8, Jesus told the disciples, he said, listen, this is what I want you to do. You're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you are going to be witnesses for me. He said, when you are in this house, Happens, he said, I want you to begin at Jerusalem, go into Samaria, then Judea, and then eventually reach the uttermost parts of the world. I want you to look at that scripture in the light of prayer, in the light of intercession on the behalf of your friends and family. Let's look at it like this. Let's allow our prayers to begin right at home. Let's have our prayers begin right where we are. So many times they think we're interested in reaching the world, and that's a good thing. But charity begins at home. We need to begin at home. Begin right where we are. And, and what will happen is in time, the Lord will perfect your prayer life. And the Lord will expand your scope. And the Lord will begin to use you in more and more ways that go into your city, into your region, into your state, into the United States. And eventually, prayer and intercession, specifically intercession, becomes, and if you don't mind me saying it like this, becomes so much fun that you come into that place of prayer, you set yourself to pray, and what happens is you will find yourself being led by the Holy Spirit and praying for cities and nations and regions. God will give you a word of wisdom. God will give you a word of knowledge. God will show you things to come because the anointing is in you and abides in you, the Holy Spirit, and therefore he will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. So it's very exciting. But let's just begin where we are and let's begin in praying for the salvation of our friends and family. Now we said last week that it's very important that we know the promises of God. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it's so important that you build your house, build your prayer life on the word of God, not your opinion, not what you think, especially not what you feel, because most of the time you're going to feel like your prayers aren't working. But I'm telling you, we have to build our prayer life on Matthew 7, 24 and 25, the word of of God. So when the doubt comes, the unbelief comes, the storms comes, and it looks like things are getting worse, we know that we have prayed according to the will of God. And this is the confidence, the scripture says, that we have in him, that if we ask anything, you see, it's what we have in him. Yeah, we do our part. We pray, we speak the word, but our confidence isn't in our own selves. Our confidence is in him, in God, who is able to do for us exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, hope, dream, or desire. So this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word, the Bible says we know that we have the petitions that we have of him. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of the second part of that verse when I was waiting to come on with you. And he said, and if we know he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. Do you believe that God hears you? 
My friends, listen. The scripture says, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive unto the prayers that you pray. I hear you when you pray. Even like when Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus and, you know, he heard the groaning of Jesus and he saw that Jesus wept and he didn't utter any words. All he said was, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and that you hear me always when I pray. But because of the people, I said this, okay? So God hears you when you pray. He hears your tears. He hears your groanings. He hears everything that you pray. So just know that this is the confidence we can have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions we desire of him. Now, what I love about speaking the word and teaching you today is, is, is this word is coming out of my mouth and it is not returning void. It is going deep down into your spirit and it's dividing asunder soul and spirit and it's going into your heart as an incorruptible seed. And when you go to pray and you go to stand in the gap, what you have on the inside is going to overcome what you have in your head. What we're doing is we're starving you your doubts and we are feeding your faith so we have to pray according to the will of God now as we jump into this I want to make an emphasis here it says if we ask anything according to his will the Holy Spirit said to me today he said Margie I just want you to bring a little bit of correction he said on the different types of prayer as you know there's all different kinds of prayer Ephesians 6 18 amplified says all manner of prayer. So what we got to make sure that we don't do is we don't mix up the different rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. And specifically the prayer of intercession and the prayer of faith, which we already talked about the prayer of faith. The Spirit of God said to me, he said, some of my people, even some of you that are listening to, to this tonight or today, whenever you end up listening to it, it's very important that when you pray the Word of God, specifically the prayer of faith or the prayer of intercession, that you don't latch on at the end of your prayer, if it be your will. I've heard people pray like that. And you know what happens to people when they pray like that? They are nullifying their prayers. Their prayers are now null and void. Jesus said, the things in his spirit, he says, are my will. And they are all yes and amen. And you know the scripture from Romans 1.16 that we shared last week. What is God's will? God's will is found in his word. I'm trying not to jump. My friend said, why do you keep jumping? I'm jumping because I feel like I could jump out of my skin. I'm not even kidding. There, God is so interested in you hearing this word because he knows that when you hear this word, you will be a doer of it. And when you're a doer of it, you, through your prayers, can turn your world, your sphere of influence upside down. So we said that God's will is found in his word. So the Bible says in Romans 1:16, and this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So what is his word for salvation in that scripture? The word for salvation is soteria, and it means healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. So God's will is healing. God's will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God's will is preservation. God's will for your family and your loved ones is divine 
protection. So it's very important that we don't latch on that if it be their, your will. Well, where did that come from? Well, I'm going to give you a little homework aside because I really want to get into this message. That particular if it be thy will uh, kind of praying is found in the, the Garden of Gethsemane. Is found when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prayed three times the same prayer. Are you listening? Are you listening? He prayed three times the same prayer. What was it that he kept praying? He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup or this thing that I've come to the earth to do, let this cup pass from me. And then he said, but nevertheless... It's not my will, your will be done. And Jesus himself said in his earthly ministry, he said, I have come to do the meat or the will of my father. He said somewhere else, he said, um, uh, uh, he said, he said, my meat is to do the will of him sent me and to finish his work. He, he said, for this purpose, I have come. I have come for this time and in this season. He knew what the will of God was for his life, but he was at a crossroad. He was at the Garden of Gethsemane. He was in a place of decision. And so this is the kind of prayer that I call the prayer of surrender or the prayer of dedication and consecration. When you don't know what to do or how to do it or you're in a, a decision time, you go into the place of prayer, you surrender your all to him, and you say, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know where where you want me to go. I don't know what your will is for my life. And I come to you and I surrender myself. And as you pray that prayer of surrender, the prayer of dedication and consecration, it opens up your heart and your emotions to be open to the will of God so that you're not like the horse or the mule that has to be pulled by a bit. It causes your heart to become tender to the voice of God so that when you hear a voice behind you or within you that that still small voice, you will hearken to that voice, that voice of your conscience, and your soul will come into alignment with the will of God. The Bible says he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts, and then your plans will succeed. So that's the prayer of dedication and consecration. Jesus prayed that prayer three times, if it be your will. But we don't tag on that if it be your will when we're praying for salvation, healing, safety, soundness, protection, because that's all in the will of God, specifically as it relates to the prayer of, of faith where you're praying for yourself and the prayer of intercession. I just wanted to share with you very quickly, I wrote a book because God told me that there was a need for this particular subject. I wrote a book called Decision Time, The Place and Prayer of Surrender, and this book goes into absolute detail about that particular prayer. So, we do not tag on if it be your will that my family member be saved. The Bible says, I'll say it again because this word's going out and it's going into your heart. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 4, God said, listen, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't know about this whole predestination. It's not really my calling to correct the church in certain areas. I don't understand the whole thought process of predestination and the rapture, pre-rapture, pro-rapture, whatever. My job is to teach the Bible. God said in his word, 1 Timothy 2, 4, he said, I would that all men be saved. I would that every member of your family be saved. And what? And come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, I am. I am what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the answer for the world today. 
He is the only answer. He is the one true God that is able to do for us, again, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, hope, dream, or desire. He's not an unknown God. He's not a God that can't be known. He desires to reveal himself to your family and your friends. Some people just take a little longer than others. That's why Jesus said, don't faint, don't quit. If you don't see visible results, you keep pressing into God on their behalf because know this it's God's will that they be saved Acts 16 31 says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ he said and you will be saved and your household you could take that scripture and you could stand on it and say that is for me and that is for my household some of you have that plaque in your house it says for me as for me and my house we will serve the Lord that is a banner over your house this scripture from Acts 16 31 can be another banner over your house that you will be saved and your household and let me tell you my friends don't put up with anything less than God's best God's best is that every single one of your family members be saved every single one of the people in your sphere of influence as a matter of fact I've learned sometimes that some things are better just better you know just People could just watch you and see that your life is, is, is a living testimony of Jesus Christ. And they'll eventually come to you and say, what do you have that I don't have? And you could tell them Jesus. And I know you've had that happen. Psalms 2.8 says, ask for the heathen. One, another translation says, uh, nations. But ask for the heathen. They're your inheritance. They belong to you. So how do we pray for the salvation of friends and family? 1 Corinthians 14, 14, 15 says, I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. There's two ways to pray what I call on this first level. Number one, with your understanding. You know, pray the word, pray the scriptures. The word doesn't return void. It goes out and it produces, accomplishes. It's like a hammer. It breaks in pieces, hard places. You pray the word of God. But before we get into that, I want to highlight this word here. I will pray. Notice the apostle Paul said, I will pray. And I know in previous lives, we've talked about prayer assignments and prayer alerts and how they come. And it's a supernatural thing. And God is speaking. But what about if you don't have a prayer alert? What about if you don't have that love for somebody? What if the Holy Spirit's not giving you a dream or a vision for a particular person or family member or friend. Well, you know, you could just by an act of your will say, I will pray. I, by an act of my will, I see the need. I see that they're in need of salvation. I see that they're in need for healing. I see that they're in need of protection. So I am going to set my heart to seek the Lord and I will, by an act of my will, I am going to pray. Matthew 6, 6, the, the, um, Jesus said, when you pray, don't always have to have a prayer alert or a prayer assignment. Let me just tell you how it worked for me. And I think I've told you this story before. When I was in Bible school, I was at Rama Bible Training Center. Now it's called college. But when I was in school, we had all the teaching, all the word, every imaginable ministry in that day that was somebody. And I 
remember being in Bible school and not and having a sense of and you know of of there was something more. There was something so much more that I was missing. And and I know now what it was is that the Holy Spirit was drawing me into the prayer closet. You see, the Spirit and the Word they agree. Prayer and the Word we need them both. Let me ask you something. What's more important on a bird, the left wing or the right wing? We need both to fly. So I, by an act of my will, decided, just say decided, even type in a comment, decided, I decided I am going to pray. I am going to do what the Bible says. The Bible says when you pray and I will pray. So I went into prayer and I didn't know where to begin. So I had my list. I had my whole thing. I knew who, you know, what was going on in my family. And I just, by an act of my will, uh, I also knew that the Bible says in First Timothy, I think it's two, that, that when we pray, first of all, supplications, decided, yes, decided, 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 supplications, prayers, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men and all that are in authority. So I knew that the Bible said, everyone say the Bible said, the Bible said, you're going to pray first of all for those that are in authority. Decided, decided, decided. And so I just went into my prayer closet. I had my list. And I, first of all, I prayed for the president. And then I would have other things on my list. And then after a while, the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, it's good to have your list and it's good to see the fruit of what's going on in people's lives and set yourself to pray. He said, but I also want you to be led by my spirit. So I just want you to understand that you should, you should also operate by both the principles of being led, but also know that if you don't have that prayer alert and you don't have that love or you don't have that, that, that unction, that supernatural thing, a dream, just know that by an act of your will, you could go into prayer and you set yourself to pray for that particular individual. Now, I just want to share with you that, you know, sometimes you just know things in the natural. Yes, we, we want a big supernatural way that God speaks to us. And that's good. And we should have that. We should be a supernatural people. But if we don't get that, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. Okay, you know that that person needs salvation by their fruit. It's obvious. Not only that, the scripture says, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can locate someone by what they say and how they act. And then you can take their need, take what you see in the natural, and bring it before the throne room of God. Okay, you have to position yourself to be used in intercession. Be open to God. He will use you more if you maintain a continued, consistent prayer life with your understanding. Remember, we said, I will pray with the understanding. I will pray with the, the, the spirit also. With your understanding, take their need to the word agree with God's word and that's what you present before the throne. Remember as an intercessor, you lay one hand on man and one hand on God. You're the mediator and what we're doing is we're presenting the word of God, Hebrews 4, 16, before the throne room of grace and we are as lawyers pleading the case before the throne of God. And remember the scripture in Job. It's one of my favorite. Job 22, Amplified, says, it says that, um, says, and you will even, they said, you will make your decree. Let me read it if I could find it. Oh, I have it right here. Good. It's coming out differently. So I just have to go with the flow. And I know you're good with that. 
It says, you will pray to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also decide and decree a thing and it will be established for you. And the light of God's favor favor will shine upon your ways. When you are cast down and humbled, you will speak with confidence and the humble person he will lift up and save. Now we're talking about praying for your unsaved family and friends, praying for their salvation. Are you ready for this? Those of you that didn't haven't heard this yet, it says he will even rescue the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. Because you're a believer, because you're the righteousness of God in Christ, because you know who you are in Christ, and we've never lived in a time in a season where there's been so much in Christ, in-depth identity, who our Father is, and so on and so forth, like we have today. Let's take all this knowledge, and let's use it in the place of intercession. We want to see a great harvest in the earth. How are we going to see this harvest? We've got to take everything that we've learned, all the things that we have learned and seen and heard, let's begin to channel it in prayer. Are you listening? There is more knowledge and more word on the inside of each and every one of you than there was in the days and the hours of Catherine Coleman. The, we've, been, we've had predicted and prophesied that there is coming a great move of God. That's why I believe the Spirit of God said for us, my team, what we're doing is we're ramping up the prayer movement. He wants us to ramp it up because it's prayer that's going to cause this revival to gain momentum. Okay? So we, we take their need to the word. Okay? So we pray the scripture. Now, the fact that your loved one or your family uh, members are an unbeliever, because that's the subject for tonight, I want you to understand a principle, okay? If a person is not saved, if they don't know Jesus, and you may not want to hear this, because I know it might be somebody that's in your family, but Jesus said, I didn't say it, they are of their father, the devil. They are lost they are alienated from God. They are without hope. So it's very important for you to understand that they have no authority. They have no rights. They have no, no privileges. So you as an intercessor with clean hands and a pure heart, you have all the authority. You have all the rights. You can go to God on their behalf. You can make mention of them before the Lord, and it can cause God's spirit to work on their behalf. So they have no authority. They have no rights. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is not on the inside of them. Now, we're going to talk about this. The Holy Spirit can, can be there, and he can convict them and convince them, John 16, of their need for Jesus. He's there, but he's convincing them and convicting them by, by love and by a wooing. But basically, the people that are not saved, they do not have Jesus living on the inside of them. So it's very important that you understand that you're the one that has the authority. You're the one that can pray. You're the one that can bind and loose. You're the one that can go into the realm of, of the spirit on their behalf and affect change for them. You know, and I, I just keep, I, I don't know why I just have to say it when this comes up in me. Don't tell me that you don't know how to pray. Don't tell me that you don't have enough word. You have more than you think you have. And it's very simple. 
All you have to know is whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. You have to know the name of Jesus works and has all authority over principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. And all you have to know is the scriptures that I'm going to lay out here for you, for you to pray over them. And just know that God said, I will hasten my word to perform it. You do your part, my friends, and God will do his part. Now, before we get into the scriptures, I want to share a vi a vision. I don't know what it was, an inward vision, something I had on the inside. I think it was an inner vision, not an outward vision. And I, some friends of mine, we were praying before a meeting, and I think we were in, I don't know exactly where. I don't want to say the wrong place because I have to get my yes be yes and my amen, my amen. And so we were praying in a certain place before a meeting. And as we were praying, I saw on the inside of me, um, um, multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision and they were descending toward hell itself the bible says hell is like the grave it opens up and swallows people up this is why we don't want our friends this is where we definitely don't want our friends and family to go and let me tell you hell is a real place and i think if anything will motivate us to prayer i think sometimes we just need a little fear of the Lord and we need to paint a vision in people's hearts you know just because we don't see hell because we're living here on this earth doesn't mean it doesn't exist the Bible says it exists so in this inward revelation I saw multitudes and multitudes of people going into this pit abyss and I knew it was hell and 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 I began to cry out my friends began to cry out it was like we were one voice to be heard on high Genesis 11 there is so much power when they when we gather together with other people and pray if you've got somebody in your family that has uh, you know uh, a nut a uh, hard nut to crack. Get a friend to get into agreement with you. One will chase a thousand to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. But we were praying. And as we were praying, they took a hold together with what I was praying. We came into agreement. And we're going to be talking about these kinds of things where you can actually hook up with people in prayer. And, and as we prayed, we were pulling people up out of that, out of that, out of that pit. Some people came all the way out. And some people, their descent was slowed down. Do you believe, Margie, that you were praying for people that were dying, going to hell, and then they came back? I absolutely most certainly do. How many times do you hear of people who have died, they've left their bodies, and people are revived? I totally believe that. See, that's why I believe that God wants to open up our eyes more and more to the spirit realm so that we understand what we are seeing and hearing. But let me tell you, just because we don't see doesn't mean our prayers aren't working. We have the foundation. Okay, so how do we pray? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. We're good on time. How do we pray? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, that says here, if our gospel is hid... It is hid to those who are lost, in whom Satan, which he's speaking of, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. Okay? So it says if, our, if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. See? This is in the Bible. This is a person who is not saved whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. That's why they call them unbelievers. Lest what? Lest the light of the glorious gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So when you begin to intercede and pray for your lost family and loved one, what's happening is Romans 15.1. 
You then that are strong, you are bearing the infirmities of the weak. That word bear, um, I don't know the exact Greek word, but the Greek word means to lift up, to bear up with the idea of completely removing. That word infirmity, I don't know the Greek word, I don't have those notes in front of me. That word infirmity means um, a scruple of conscience, something wrong in their belief. So when you go into intercession on the behalf of your family and your friends, you are laying one hand on them, one hand on God, and you are lifting up with the idea of completely removing that infirmity, that scruple of conscience, something wrong in their belief, off of them. See, the Bible says Satan has blinded the minds of those that believe not. Lest what? The light of the glorious gospel should what? Shine unto them. When you're interceding, you're, you're beginning to lift up that darkness. You're beginning to take it off, push it off of them. I remember the night I got saved. And I know some of you, you can testify as well. The night I got saved, I, I just remember that when I confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in my heart and made that confession out of my mouth, I remember how something just lifted off of me and the light of God's love and his presence and his peace was just poured into me. So just know that when you're interceding, you're lifting that darkness off of them and you're creating a path for them to be able to see Jesus. Because it's Jesus that's the answer. It's Jesus that is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the image of God. Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So they're, they're able to see Jesus. You know, we hear of people all over the world who follow other religions. These people from all over the world are having visions of Jesus and revelations of Jesus. Why? Because we're praying. People are praying and believing God for their salvation. Okay? Number three, um... Number two was Romans 15, 1. But number three, use your authority for them. John 14, 14. Jesus said, whatever you ask or demand in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified. That word is demand. Whatever you ask or demand in my name. You take authority over the devil on their behalf. They have no authority. They have no rights. They have no privileges. But you have the authority. Okay, Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, he said, these signs will accompany them that believe. What are the signs? One of the signs that relates to this teaching tonight is you will cast out devils. You could lay one hand on them, one hand on God. You don't even have to be in their presence. The Bible says, though we're absent in the, in the flesh, we're present with them in the spirit. You take authority over the devil on their behalf. You don't even have to be there. Okay, and it works. And remember we said last week, sometimes they get worse before they get better. That's fine. It means the devil's leaving and he's not happy, but he's got to go. Because whatever you ask or demand in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. It's his name that has conquered the enemy. He spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of the devil, openly triumphed over him. Three worlds have to bow their knees to the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. And that means those devils that have your family and your friends bound. They have to bow. Has to happen. You know, the enemy is just looking for your persistence. It's a good point. I'm glad, glad the Holy Ghost brought that to my remembrance. He's, who's going to be more persistent? You know, you know, the devil fears 
that the love that is in you is going to overcome the evil that's been harassing your friends and your family. You be persistent. Okay? Now, what else do we pray? Number four, pray for protection. Hebrews 1.14. The scripture says they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. I know it says heirs of salvation. They're not heirs of salvation. Yes, but I believe that every person who is born into this world has angelic protection. Especially when you have a loved one you're praying for, it multiplies the amount of protection. How do you know that? Because it says in Psalms 103, verse 20, that the angels hearken, listen to this, to the voice of the word. What are we praying when we're, when we're uh, praying uh, for our loved ones? We're praying what? The scriptures. And the Bible says he hearkens to the voice of the word. And not only that, when, when the Bible, another thing that you could pray for your loved ones, I do this for lost people, especially lost people. Pray Psalms 91 over them. The whole, just pray Psalms 91. The whole entire thing. Put their name in that psalm. Heavenly Father, I thank you that David dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that he abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of you, Lord, you are his refuge and his fortress. You are his God. Lord, you give your AIS that you give your angels charge over him. May a thousand fall at his right hand and 10,000 at his right, but may no weapon formed against him prosper. You, Father, I ask that you give your angels charge over him to keep him in all his ways. Do you think that prayer works? That prayer will work. Okay. Yeah, but I prayed for somebody who's in my family and, and they got in a car accident. Well, guess, and they, but did they live? Okay. If they lived, well, guess what? You, you, it could have been way worse. So many times we put our own opinion on what the scripture says instead of maintaining our focus on the word of God. And there are some things that the secret things belong to the Lord. But I don't care what I see. I'm going to pray the word and stick with the Bible. Here's, here, when you pray, we said this already, you're releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 through 11. When you pray for somebody, you're releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What's his ministry? His ministry is to convict and convince them of their need for Jesus. This Jesus said when the Holy Spirit has come, that's what he will do. He says, and of, and of sin, and of, because they don't believe in me. Well, when you begin to pray and intercede for your lost loved ones, you are releasing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He has a ministry to the church, and he has a ministry to the, to the world. And so it's him that begins to hover and to convict and to convince and to, and to begin to pull on your lost loved one or your family or, or, mem or your friend. Okay? Pray Ephesians 6, Ephesians 1, 16 through 20. Pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Pray that they would come to know what is the hope of their calling. Pray that God would give them revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is when God opens up your eyes and you see the truth. Do you remember when you got saved? It was all of a sudden, it was like you saw that you needed Jesus. Pray that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Pray Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. Pray that they would have a revelation and an understanding of the height, the depth, the breadth and the length of the love of God. And you know, perfect love casts out fear. Pray that they have this revelation of God and, and, and have an encounter with the love of God. And when they do, it'll drive out the fear. It'll drive out 
the, their, 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 the fact that they're running from God and it'll drive them into the presence of God because anybody who has an encounter with the love of God is changed. John 3, 16, God so loved. 1 John 4, 10, the Bible says, you know, we love God. It's not that we love God. It's that he loved us. And so God is pursuing your lost family and friends. We have to get ready to close. Uh, number nine, prepare the way. When you pray for your lost loved ones, you're preparing the way. You're making the crooked way straight. The rough place is plain. You are, you know, you're opening up the highway for our God. When you pray for them, you are tilling the ground. Mark 4. You're tilling their hearts. There's four different kinds of ground that Jesus talked about in the parable of the sower. There's the one that's by the wayside where Satan comes immediately. There's one where stony ground. Stony ground where people receive it, but they have no root. It's, there's the kind of ground where there's thorns, where the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things can enter in and choke the word but then there's good ground when you intercede on the behalf of your lost loved ones and your friends it prepares their hearts makes the crooked way straight the rough places plain and lastly i would strongly encourage you to pray matthew 9 37 when you pray matthew 9 37 you're praying for laborers to come across their path supernatural laborers and when you've prayed that God will answer that prayer he will begin to send laborers across their path laborers and and this is what I like to do when I pray for laborers to come across the path of my lost family or friends I ask for specific laborers I say father I ask that you'd send them a laborer that that they can relate to somebody they can look up to you know for example if a person you know is you know, this is kind of like my day. If a person's a hippie and you send somebody along in a suit with a white shirt and perfect shoes, well, that hippie might not, you, some of you probably don't know what a hippie is. Look, Google it. So, you know, uh, that person's not going to be able to receive from that guy who's wearing the suit. So I always pray, Lord, send this, send this person somebody they can relate to, the exact laborer that they need. And listen, I've prayed that prayer before and I can tell you, I have seen it before. I've seen God even use a laborer, you know, just in the most unusual circumstances in an Uber, in a cab. You would be surprised. God will. And then pray that the laborer has boldness. That's a good, good thought. I should write that down. Pray that the, the laborer has boldness. Boldness what? That when they feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit to speak to your, for the, to, to the life of the person you're praying for, that they do it. Father, I, I, I just know that you are releasing and there is a ramping up and a releasing of this prayer movement and you are speaking to these individuals under the sound of my voice who are hearing this word I thank you, Father, that the anointing that they have received abides in them. I pray that that spirit of grace and supplication would rise up in them and that through just this teaching and through impartation, Father God, that you would just anoint them in a greater place of prayer. And Father, when we all get to heaven, we'll find out just exactly all the things that we prayed, how it truly came. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.